Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. I can feel the change in the right now. Nothing's in my way. I'm not gonna hold it down no more No, they're not gonna hold me down Cause I've got faith on the heart was a little weird. The song sped up and slowed down. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Jess Armine coming to you from the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Good evening to everybody. We have a great guest tonight. We have a great show lined up for you. And uh, as we usually do, we're going to teach, uh, teach you something really new from a true expert. Uh, before I introduce our guest tonight, uh, let me make a couple of announcements. Uh, Sean and I are... Uh, getting a new website together, and it should be up in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you look at the uh, the logo, the, our new logo for the Center for, for Bioindividualized Medicine in Philadelphia, it's red, and uh, we're going to try and get a website that's actually well-functional and well-functioning. Uh, <laughs> if you've been on my website or his website, there are, shall we say, glitches, okay? <laughs> we're going to make it one website where we're both together. Uh, the other announcement is that um, our practitioner methylation support for practitioners uh, for training uh, is up and running. Uh, they should go to the um, methylation support website and go to methylation practitioner support for more information. And uh, keep an eye on the website, people, because we're going to be having some really great stuff real, real, real soon, real soon, like in the next couple of weeks. So let me introduce our guest tonight. Our guest tonight is Jen Springer. She has been immersed in natural health since 2001 when her veterinarians invited her to a class about holistic animal care at their home. One of the presentations was about essential oils, and those little bottles spoke to her in a way that sparked her curiosity to learn everything about them she possibly could. Jen has told thousands of people over the years on the use of essential oils for family wellness, pets, and even gardening. This I got to hear. Empowering people with knowledge and tools take, uh, to take back their health is her mission and passion, which makes her one of our healers, because guess what? That's what we do. Okay, so I'd really like to welcome Jen, and uh, there you are. Jen, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you real well, real well. And, you oh, know, essential perfect. oils is something that I want to learn an awful lot about also, because I'm kind of a baby in the area. So, um Please, at first, could you kind of tell us a little bit about your background and training because people usually like to know about that. Well, the the funny thing is 
I have a bachelor's degree in environmental science, and I've got a master's in holistic nutrition, and I just finished an associate's in massage therapy. So first you do your bachelor's, then your master's, then your associate's. But the funny thing is I remember in college when I was doing the organic chemistry and all that stuff, and I just kept thinking in my head, I cannot wait till I'm done with these classes because I will never use this stuff again. <laughs> and I was so incredibly wrong because essential hey, oils I know the all feeling. chemistry. <laughs> yes, I know. Boy, you know, do I you know have the these feeling. Crystals, well, yeah, well, you've got, you know, your nursing background plus the chiropractic, and, you know, you've got all this stuff. Are you and it's kidding? Just like I've you taken think, all my chemistries twice because well, I had to take them in nursing school, then in medical school, and preparation for medical school. Let me tell you something. I've took all my chemistries twice. That's why I understand this stuff so well, because I get right down to the electronegativity of the ions, and I still understand it. I'm like, weird. <laughs> that is, well, I tell you, you know, when you when you do that and you think, I, I you know, I'm so glad I didn't totally fall asleep in that class. <laughs> but, <laughs> If anybody's taken chemistry, you guys know that you can take it two or three times and then start to get it. I mean, stoichiometry, hello, you know. I'm just oh, like, my gosh, oh, my yeah. God. So, you know, that's those are my formal degrees, but I have, you know, just hundreds of hours of training in essential oils and aromatherapy, energy work, holistic practices. You know, I, I once sent in my credentials to... I think it was the National Board for Massage Therapy because I've got a whole bunch of courses that I teach for massage therapists that are approved by the board, and they wanted my credentials, and it was like a page and a half of seminars that I could remember, you know, not the ones I even forgot about. But So my passion is science, and also I like the woo-woo stuff to some degree because I don't believe it's woo-woo. I believe it's quantum physics. And now we've got an actual study of field for that. What we call woo-woo in the past is actually quantum physics. But if I was if I was 18 again, I'd probably go into quantum physics. But I'm not, so we'll we'll just finish I'll up tell, the old I'll tell you a little therapy. secret. You, you hit you hit a very salient point that I want to tell our guests that uh, we often talk about different things that are classified as woo-woo or esoteric or not in the straight and narrow by our by our uh, medical colleagues, but essential oils that's a science okay it is yes. not woo woo it's not it is a science so uh let's approach it from that point of view there's a certain amount of it's not magic, although any science advanced enough is indistinguishable from magic. I forget who said that, but anyway um we know that the people who are skeptical about essential oils just simply you know, consider them, you know, as, uh, I'll, I'll use the word again, woo-woo, okay? So what are essential oils? I mean, what makes that different from, and especially therapeutic-grade essential oils as, as opposed to the oils that one would use to, um, you know, in, in a perfume or something like that? Well, you know, it's funny you talk about skepticism because I, you know, being a scientist myself, I thought these were hokey pokey stuff. I really did because I thought in my mind, if essential oils were real and, and they worked, why didn't everybody know about them and why wouldn't my doctor tell me to use them? And so I was so skeptical. I actually did an experiment on my horses at the time. This was like 14 years ago is when I got into the oils, almost 15 years. And I worked with my veterinarians and I said, you know, let's see if we can get their thyroids to work. 
without, you know, their medication. You know, I would never recommend anybody do this without the guidance of their doctors or their veterinarians or pediatricians. But let's just say I, I devised a protocol within, oh, gosh, it was eight weeks we retested them and they, they had normal functioning thyroids based off of the protocol that I pulled out of this book. And that took my skepticism way, you know, it was like, wow, horses don't know placebo effect and I need to learn more about this and that's what really set me down the rabbit hole with the oils. And what the essential oils actually are, you know, if you've ever used, uh, everybody knows cinnamon, that beautiful aroma from cinnamon or oregano when you're cooking and making spaghetti sauce or something like that or basil for caprice salad, that wonderful, delicious, intoxicating aroma, even when you peel an orange back, that's actually the essential oil that's in the plant. Now, it's different than olive oil or corn oil. Those are considered fatty acid oils, and they're greasy. Essential oils, like Dr. Jess and I were just talking a few minutes ago, they were, they're were completely different chemistry-wise, and they are essential to the plant. They're basically the immune system of the plant, and the benefit for humans is they're very synergistic with our bodies, and they're very similar to different uh, um I guess you'd say very similar to our the chemistry of our own blood. So our body can use and assimilate them very, very well and use that beautiful immune system that's so complicated that was devised over millennia to protect that plant and our body can utilize that as well. And that it besides and the side effect is this gorgeous aroma that comes with it. <laughs> so you know, that's the so we're really talking about we're really talking about energy work, aren't we? We're talking about when you talk about synergism. What's uh, when when an oil or something is synergistic with our particular uh, quantum field or our our the field that's around our body? Some people will you know have different names for it. Okay, what is synergism? Why is that important? Well, you know what's funny that you say that because. I did a class just recently where I was reading out of one of my favorite books, The Action of Essential Oils, and oils can be antiviral, antibacterial. You know, you can use oils to take off the stickers, you know, adhesive off of things. You know, they'll they detoxify the body. And this person said, raised their hand and said, well, how can the oils do that? But in a medication that does the same thing, how can that be toxic to me and the oils can't? you know, be toxic. And I said, well, if you drink like a gallon of the oils, of course it cause a problem, but it's what you said. It's the synergy that our bodies, you know, I firmly believe that we were put on this planet with all of the things that we need to heal our bodies and God's medicine. However, that looks to all of you listening is, you know, God, universe, you know, whoever, Gaia, Buddha, whoever it is that. Yeah. I, that I think God giggles at us. I know. And then okay. it is laughing. God giggles at us saying? because we use different we use different names and, and I think that God you know, however you conceive him to be, you know, is such a loving power, it looks down at us and like, Yeah, call me whatever you want. I don't care what name you use, just just please, just don't hurt each other, okay? <laughs> yeah, don't hurt each other, please. And and that's what my belief is that the the planet is equi- you know, is equipped for all the things that we need to heal our bodies. And the you know, plants the plant kingdom that we have available to us, our bodies know it has, there's an intelligence within us and the intelligence within that plant that works synergistically together is like, just like pieces of a puzzle or a locking the key go together. Cause I believe they were designed divinely for us. And that's what our true medicine really is. And 
and they're very potent and they work on many levels, Jess, because of course, you you know, you smell an oil and it works, you know, emotionally and it works, you know, coming into your body, it'll work physiologically, but they're also proving that there is that energetic aspect as well. And, you know, we're so complex, you know, the human ego tries to define how things work because we need to understand how things are. But really, we really have no clue on what level some of these things work. You know, people can do, I'm sure you've had it in your practice where someone will come in and have pain for 20 years. You do one adjustment on that person and they're fine for the rest of their life. And then you've got somebody who has done everything under the sun and still cannot shake that pain. And it's like, what's the difference between these two people? And I'm doing the same thing with them. You know, and that's how our bodies are. You know, we, there's so many levels to healing. And I, that's why I love the botanicals because the botanicals, they lend such a, a beautiful um, synergism with us because they match us on mind, body, and spirit. And that's why the quality of essential oils is so important to make sure that that, that other piece, you know, I believe that there's, when I first saw those oils and they spoke to me, there was something magnetic about them that just drew me in. And that was I believe it was their energy. And I didn't know anything about energy at that time, but there was just something that drew me in. I loved the feel of the bottles. I didn't even open them up and smell them. There was just something that called me to them, and I believe it was their vibration. And that's why it's so important to have high-quality oils where they have not been harvested with high temperatures or chemicals or adulterated with chemicals or things like that and expanded and, you know, all these things that people do to, to make the oils are the hottest thing right now in the health industry. And so there's That's a true. lot of stuff going. Yeah. It's crazy. Go, going back, going back to synergism, because uh, I, I think we may lose some people on the, on the concept. Um, you know, our bodies uh, are synergized with the earth. The earth has a certain vibration, a certain pulse, and our bodies run at the same pulse. Anybody who do, who's, studied or experienced craniosacral therapy. Okay, the purpose of craniosacral therapy is to realign uh your pulsing with uh with the earth itself. Okay, yeah. what what disease disease occurs when we lose that connection from above down inside and out. Okay, part of that is vibrational or resonance, okay? And when you put something <clears throat> that uh, think of two quartz crystals, the one that's vibrating, one that's not. Okay, you can take the vibrating quartz crystal and put it near the non-vibrating one, and because they're synergistic, the other non-vibrating one will start vibrating at the same frequency. Okay, you can't make it vibrate at a frequency that's not inherent to it. Okay, but if it's inherent to it, otherwise, otherwise known as synergism, okay, you can make that crystal vibrate at the same frequency, amplitude, yada, yada, yada. Okay, essential oils and different things that are considered energetic medicine, okay, start realigning or reconnecting, okay, the body with uh, its sources of healing or its source, which is above, down, inside, and out, whatever, uh, however you want to conceptualize that or whatever words you want to use. But I believe that's what you're talking about with synergism. Yes, and, you know, even to, you know, get out of even... Am I, am I close? <laughs> yes, you are close. And the funny thing is that you say, I'm, I'm, <laughs> i got something really exciting to tell you. Um, the To actually put that in, to quantify that literally, like the, a bottle of rose oil will resonate at 
320 megahertz. Myrrh oil resonates at 105 megahertz. The human body, when healthy, healthy is the key word, resonates at 62 to 68 megahertz. Quartz crystal resonates at 4 megahertz, which doesn't mean it's bad. It just is the resonance of the, closer to the earth. It's the, nature of, it's the nature of the crystal. It's the nature of the crystal. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it does. And, for example, the thyroid resonates 62 to 68 megahertz, but something like our liver resonates lower at 55 to 60 megahertz. So, you know, the oils will help enhance and realign those frequencies that our body actually carries. I mean, they can plug us in and actually measure our frequencies. And when those frequencies are disharmonious is when we start to see, like, the flu will come in at 58 megahertz when our, when our mm-hmm. own vibration drops down and cancer comes in when we drop below 42. So, you know, there's, there's, way, there's a lot to this stuff, you know, that, that we are, are just barely beginning to understand. Well, well, because the science of it, the, you know, everybody who is uh, more scientifically oriented, especially my allopathic colleagues, always looking, always using the words evidence-based medicine. <clears throat> of course, a lot of people don't pay attention to the quality of the evidence, but uh, to, a lot, to a large extent, in some of the areas we work, there's not a large base of evidence, but the evidence for the utilization of essential oils on a vibrational basis is starting to build. So tell us a little bit about the research that, back up, that backs up the efficacy of what you're talking about. Well, there's research, like I just told you, that the Tenio Technologies had done. This was quite a while ago. But if people are into the research, which I am, I'm into the research, but I'm also into evidence-based medicine as well, like you, Dr. Jess, because I can read all the research papers all day long, but being a researcher myself, I want to know. I know my, my own biology is different than the people that research was, their research was done on. But at least the research can give us a, a place to start and if mm-hmm. people are into the research, which I am, and I know you are, and I know Sean is, that you can go to PubMed.gov, and PubMed.gov is one of the biggest areas you can read. There's a lot of places on the Internet, but this is one of the easiest ones. And you can, when you search for a particular botanical, put in, like, lavender essential oil and see what comes up. And then also put in the Latin name, Lavendula angustifolia, and see what comes up. And then you can also put in things like lavender and cortisol, because there's research done with lavender and cortisol. Lavender and skin, lavender cancer, lavender uh, apoptosis, you know. So whatever it is, look it up in the common name, look it up in the Latin name, and then put your thing that you're wanting to know about behind it. And I usually run it. Like I said, I'll run the botanical by itself in Latin and in common name, and then I'll also start adding in, like I was doing some research last week for essential oils that help with glutamate toxicity. So I put in essential oils glutamate, and I found that essential oils that are high in the component of linalool are actually protective against uh, excitotoxicity from glutamate. So it was really exciting. You know, who would think that that had been studied, right? <laughs> it's true. By the way, people, uh, hang in there for a little bit. There's a reason why we're going along this particular path. 
Okay, everybody usually takes essential oils and say, okay, I've got this symptom, what oils do you have? But ever since we started talking way back when, when I started doing these podcasts, i like you to know why. Okay, I really believe that you give a person a fish, you feed them for a day, you teach them to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. And I want to feed everybody for a lifetime. That's why we're going along this particular path so you understand the basis, and there is scientific research, but the basis of why essential oils work, okay? And uh, so just hang in there for just a little bit longer before we start getting into, you know, how to use them, what they're good for here and there, and I, and I you know, announce the uh, phone, and you guys can just call in and ask all kinds of questions. But understand that we're working various parts of your body, okay, when it becomes disharmonious or in chiropractic, we used to call it disease. This dash ease, okay, is all on a vibrational basis. Okay, if we've lost our connection with the earth, we've lost our connection with the universe, again, above, down, inside, and out. And this is one methodology of reestablishing that connection, reestablishing that vibration, and that is part of the path to healing. So now that I've now I will step off my soapbox and let Jen, Jen talk. <laughs> You know, one of my favorite things when you were saying that, one of my favorite things about oils is that they they go with all modalities. You know, people ask mm-hmm. me all the time, can I do chiropractic in the oils? Yes. Can you do acupuncture in oils? Can you do herbs in oils and homeopathy and everything else? And yes, yes, and yes. The oils help synergize everything that we're doing, and it doesn't matter whether you're just diffusing an oil or you're rubbing it on. They they will help everything else that we're doing, so they don't compete or they don't. Uh, there's not you just only do oils, you know, for whatever it is. You know, whatever we do, we add in the oils as another component, which accelerates in healing and balancing. And I I firmly believe that the oils, being the lifeblood, really helps us reconnect with the the nature of our our beingness. And the funny thing is. This is a little bit of science, you know. We we have all these senses, you know, five senses, and there's more than that. You know, there, we know there's more senses than that. But the sense of smell, the olfactory sense, is actually one of the most rudimentary, most ancient senses that we have in our body. And we actually get, through inhalation of aroma, we get an emotional response before we even get a logical response. All the other senses that we have, you you know you get poked and then you it goes to your brain and you're like what are you poking me for you know you have the emotional response but with the with the aroma you get that emotional response because it goes right to that center of your brain where that storehouse of emotion is which is the amygdala and that's where we which get is that part response. of the thalamic limbic system yeah yep and that's because yep. it's where it's located right yep it goes right exactly we, we joke. We joke around, Dr. Jess, we're like, you know, your part of your brain is hanging off your face, you know, <laughs> your nose, <laughs> you know, it's like literally, and people ask me all the time, they say, well, you know, I'm not using, you know, those, I've got some oils I got from the health food store, and it's fine, because I'm just smelling them. I'm like, you know, the worst thing you can do is smell adulterated oils, because they're going mm-hmm. right into your brain, and they're going right into your lungs, and they're going right into your blood, so you're better off drinking that gasoline for an essential oil than you are inhaling it. You know, really, it, your brain is so fragile, and so many people are um, the people that are listening, and people that I know you see in your practice, and people that I teach, 
we're dealing with some health stuff. We don't want to compromise our health even further by inhaling chemicals. And, and so I'm like, an, I'm like this, um, I'm really strict when it comes to purity of oils, and I really drive home that purity because I, as a scientist, and I know you as a doctor, when I encourage somebody to use something or to invite them to look at essential oils, I want to make sure that they're safe and I want to make sure that they're going to work. And the number one thing is that they're safe because I my my oldest client was 103 and my youngest client was in, you know, in the womb. And I work with pets and I work with, like you said earlier, gardening. You know, I want to make sure that I'm never going to hurt anybody when I go to bed at night. Even if that oil wasn't the right oil for somebody, that it's never going to hurt them. And that's what that is, such that's a big... A, that's a, that is a very, very uh, honorable thing. Uh, you know, we all work, Sean and I and everybody who do we do, uh, work in that realm because our, very, uh, our final arbiter in anything we do is the risk-benefit factor. But, yeah. uh, and if there's very little risk or no risk and, and a high probability of benefit, it's worth, it's worth a try. I'm going to uh, just recap a little bit what you said to make sure that I understand it. Uh, you're saying that essential oils, first of all, if they're adulterated, they're usually adulterated with, with volatile chemicals, things yes. like um, alcohol uh, and, and I can't think of anything else. But anyway, uh, they're all volatile chemicals that are used to expand the oil, okay? And those are the things that are, are hurtful. The essential oils themselves, if they're therapeutic grade, don't have these uh, adulterating agents in them. The function of essential oils is to induce or uh, synergize uh, certain vibratory sense, vibrations, if you will, in the quantum field, and that is the methodology of their healing, is to reestablish, to synergize with the human body in a certain manner so that the body can reestablish its connection with the universe, with all that is, or, and again, whatever whatever words you want to use, but essentially reconnect with the environment so that healing can take place. Am I, am I getting it right? Yes, and there's one other facet to the way they work. It's also the, the true physical chemistry of the oil that will go in and in the presence of that natural chemistry of the oil, viruses cannot exist or bacteria cannot exist or... There are over 50 studies done on essential oil of lemon and its ability to, the the component of lemon, the limonene in lemon oil can shrink tumors, you know. So Mm. there's also that physical part, you know, there's the the synergy and the resonance, which is so critically important. That's why I think they work so much better than even, you know, many, many things that are out there for healing. And that's why they help all other modalities. But there's also that, the little worker bee component of the oil when you take it internally or you diffuse it or whatever you're using using with, you know, whatever the purpose is, actually goes in and will kill the cooties, you know, <laughs> no matter what. No, they, you know, will. What they will. Yeah. So, and, and, and they're very <clears throat> so, powerful. So there's that aspect too in the powerful. way that they work. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> now, now on that point, on that point, since we're, since that's segueing into the next subject area, uh, we've established that that essential oils are have a scientific basis, okay. But I'll tell you what always confuses me. What I have to run back to the books and look for is when do you diffuse them as opposed to rub them on your 
foot or you know, I, I was <laughs> I'm looking at things saying put Parkinson's at the bottom of the foot and I still scratch my head. Okay. I don't know when uh you should be putting them in the uh diffuser, when you should be putting them in that thing called an aromadome, you know, when you should be doing uh raindrop therapy. Um how do you use these suckers? And especially with um with children, do you have to dilute them? Do you have to? And if you needed to dilute them, what you, what would you dilute them with? That's a five-hour seminar. You just asked me. <laughs> well, give us, give us the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> I know. Well, one thing is for sure is that if anybody who is listening is interested in using oils, I highly encourage you to find some really good resources and some books to guide you. Because I refer to my books all the time, and I know Jesse's got a book as well. And, oh, yeah. you know, those books are important. The, this is how I look at it. You can yeah, never go wrong either. with... I'm not ashamed that I don't know something that I have to look it up. You know, not yes. in the least. Yes. I mean, all that real estate in our brain to put all that other stuff in there is like, I could just get the book and look at the book. So books are important. Yeah. Resources are being, important. Being, being intelligent doesn't mean you know everything. It means you know where to look it up. Yes. I love to be the lady with the, the signs and pointing people where to get answers. You know, that's, that's my favorite thing to do. And you know, knowing when to use what, you know, diffusing, believe it or not, this is some research I found a couple of years ago when I was putting together a course. I found this research and I was so surprised because for so many years I had been using oils topically and internally. And there's research that shows that the number one way to get the highest blood levels of essential oils in your body is through diffusion and inhalation. And I was like, what? Because for so many years I never diffused. I always put them on my body and I would always take them internally. But diffusing them in the air is actually the best way to get them into your body. And like you mentioned, the aromadome, you know, if we're really treating ourselves therapeutically, there's this little tent thing that we can put over us and really bring in those oils and breathe them in deep in a more concentrated form. So, you know, whether you want to de-stink your house because you got stinky dogs or you're trying to help your breathing and support your breathing, the diffuser is a fantastic thing to put in any room and just let it go to town. And whatever oils you want to use, that's, when in doubt, you can diffuse. Now, topical application, I like to, to just say put it where you need it. You got a tummy ache, put it in your tummy. If you got a, something going on with your thyroid, put it over your thyroid. You got a headache, put it on your temples and the back of your neck. You know, it's really easy. You know, wherever the pain is, wherever you're working on, put the oil. And if you don't know where to put it, like what you said, Jess, put it on the bottom of your feet because in reflexology, you know, that, you know, where the body is mapped out on the feet, you can, you know, basically treat your whole body by putting it on the bottom of your feet. So we can do that. And, of course, you know, Dr. Jess, because of your work in chiropractic, a fantastic place to put the oils is on your spine. If you can have somebody drop, you know, three to four or five drops on the spine and rub it in because we all know that the spinal cord is in there and all the nerves that, that come mm-hmm. off of that, it's a It'll great place. It'll it everywhere. You don't put it everywhere. And you go from the base of the skull all the way down to the butt crack. So don't get it in the butt crack because then I'll have to do my lecture on safety. <laughs> so that, that, I've done that. Trust me, it's I'll not my fun. I'll no practice if you do that. <laughs> I accidentally did that to a client once doing a raindrop. Oh, it was so embarrassing. Um, it oh, yeah. It was embarrassing. But the person now, lived in, she's fine. 
So you know we're, the the big the big uh, push today is on uh, oxalates, okay? Yes. And uh, we're you know we're always uh, now looking for uh, people with high oxalate activity because it kind of blocks everything. Those people who don't want to heal, this is what's you know we're discovering that is the big missing link. Um, now we know that dried herbs and spices are very high in oxalates, and of course brains over here. You know, was using um, for some for some people to recreate the mucus layer in their guts. I was using cypriol and gruel or marshmallow root, and some people, you know, a lot of people were getting better, and some people weren't. And, you know, I'm sitting there looking at their oxalate level, and then I'm like, wait a second, herbs have a lot of oxalates in them, and I'm using dried powdered herbs, and I hit myself in the head. I'm like, oh man, I could have had a V8. I mean, it's like increasing their oxalates geometrically. Okay, but do the essential oils be coming from herbs? Do they have oxalates in them? You know, this is really exciting. You know, I know you and I feel the same way. You know, there's people that are, have bona fide high oxalates, and you can see it on their labs. And then there's there's now trending towards oxalates, and there's a lot of, you know, questions about this oxalate stuff right now. But like you said, if you've got somebody who's not getting better and they've got high oxalate levels, let's try the you know low oxalate diet until the body can heal because those are like little razor blades in there. So the mm-hmm. um the oils don't they don't have the oxalates. And, you know, for a temporary period of time I am you know, I I've cut my oxalates way down to allow, you know, my own health stuff going on to allow some of those oxalates to keep dumping out. And I've been using a lot of oils in my cooking because I love my herbs. I love my herbs. And to not have them has been very hard. And so I've been using a lot of herbs in my cooking. And also when you talked about taking oils internally, you know, if you're new to oils, you don't just start slamming a lot of oils. You know, people just start really simple with a couple drops of lemon, a drop of peppermint, you know, simple things that you would normally eat. But when you're using oils and treating with oils, um, they don't have the oxalate load. So we can, you know, they're very powerful. So one drop of peppermint is equivalent to 26 or 27 cups of peppermint tea. You get massive action from one drop, and then you don't have to be concerned with the oxalate. So if you're cooking and you want to make, you know, your favorite pasta sauce, but you don't want to load it with all these, you know, spices and herbs at this time because you're you're avoiding that for health purposes or whatever, you can use the oils, which is really cool, like super exciting. That, that, that's amazing. I'm, I'm, I, boy, is that amazing. So um, we're going to get into a little bit more specifics now, people, uh, but I want to announce the phone number. Uh, I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So I'd like you to call in at 646-595-2277. If you have questions for Jen, that's 646-595-2277. Remember that we can't treat people over the radio, but you know we certainly can answer general questions. There's a lot to learn about essential oils. Okay, if you're in the chat room and I'm monitoring the chat room as we speak, I'll go ahead and start typing in whatever questions you might have, and I will ask Jen for you, okay? Uh, but please... Six four six five nine five two two seven seven. You have a quintessential. You don't get any more expert than her, and uh, <clears throat> you should take this opportunity to ask some really tough questions. Again, we can't treat you individually, but couch your questions more 
mm, how can I put it, uh, theoretically, okay? Yes. <laughs> uh, so we we went over the oxalate thing. Now, I tend to treat people, my, my practice, let's face it, 99% of my practice now are those people who can't get better elsewhere, and they come to see me, they come to see Sean, uh, whether they do it virtually or physically. Um, and so we have a lot of tools in our toolbox and how to treat people, how to diagnose people. Um, but a lot of it has to do with immune problems. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, if you were going to speak generally again, well, I'm, I won't, I won't, you know, call the FDA or, you know, you know, set the dogs loose on you. But if you were going to say to somebody, gee, these are the things that would help the immune system, what oils would you be kind of talking about? Well, my hands down, one of my most favorite essential oils ever for the immune system is one I've already mentioned, um, is lemon. And there's lemon is like the, the most inexpensive superpower on the planet, I think, because it's really, really budget-friendly, as I like to say, because I don't like to get caught up in lack, if you, you know, and saying that can't afford it. Uh-huh. Some essential oils are let's, like Let's face it, some of the essential oils are really, yeah, I know. Frankincense yes. is like $85 a bottle. But the lemon yes. is, is really inexpensive, yeah. Well, listen to this. This is, this is something that I read in my classes. And I, when I first read this the very first time back in 2001, I couldn't believe this about lemon. It says, research done by Jean Val... This is sort of my favorite book. Um, this is the essential oil desk reference book that I'm reading out of. Research done by Jean Valnay, who's a medical doctor from France, showed that the vaporized lemon oil, which is, quote, diffusing, kills meningitis in 15 minutes, typhoid in an hour, staphylococcus aureus in two hours, pneumoniococcus bacteria within three hours. Even a 0.2% solution of lemon oil kills diphtheria in 20 minutes and inactivates tuberculosis. What? I was like, what? Like, <laughs> like oh, oh my. I know. I mean, you know, and, the, and it also helps your brain. There's research on lemon that talks about your brain and errors, and, you know, it's been used historically for gallstones and tumors and all. I'm like, good grief, this little bottle of oil, you know, is like, you know, what, $15 or something. So lemon is one of my favorites because it's very – People that are very immune compromised, and I've been in that situation where, believe it or not, even me, the oil guru, I was at one point feeling so unwell, I couldn't even handle my oils. But there's two oils I could handle, or a couple more than that, but one was lemon. Lemon for even the person with the most sensitive of anything going on, lemon is so gentle and so... Um, uplifting. It also uplifts the spirit as well. So lemon is one of my favorites because it's it's not weird like valerian or cistus oil, which are weird oils, but it's just common, beautiful aroma that people accept very easily. Another oil that is a it's a powerhouse. This next one is is a cannon. Lemon is is fantastic for new people, and they want to just get started, drop or so in their water, they want to diffuse it, they want to rub it on their body, feel good, whatever. The Canon, which a lot of people use, is oregano. Now, mind you, oregano is like a flamethrower. So if you put oregano 
on your skin, it could get hot, and you might need to dilute that, which we didn't answer that question earlier about diluting with children. If you're going to ever dilute, it, it, there's no nothing wrong with diluting. Use olive oil, coconut oil, you know, some type of fatty oil like that that's pure. Um, you could use some coconut oil or olive oil with the oregano so in case it gets too hot on the skin. Um, oregano oil can also be taken internally. You can also use it in your pasta sauce. But oregano has been used heavily for fungal infections, um, supports mm-hmm. the immune system. You know, oregano is, is very, very big, you know, big for that. But, again, you know, if, if somebody's got something hardcore going on, don't start drinking tons of oregano oil. You know, I would start with lemon. It's <laughs> <Something> very basic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and believe it or not, oh, this, oh there's a um, an oil that's very weird. Again, I'm going to go into weird. Well, I don't know if I should go into weird. Um, let's, I'm trying to think. Cause there's one, one oil that is a great immune modulator. There's actually two, but um, they're great immune modulators. I think my favorite immune modulator is lemon, but autoimmunity is a big deal. And an oil that's called cystus oil is is supports, autoimmunity, you know, helps support the immune system in, self, in helping to rebalance the immune system. How, how do you spell cystus? C-I-S-T-U-S. Okay, great, um, thanks. Yeah, cystus oil. It smells so horrific. It's just gross. But um, I'm, I mean, everybody's going to run out and go get a bottle of that, right? But it, it's an oil that helps really rebalance the an overactive immune system. And so that is, uh, you know, a golden nugget right there. But you know what? If you look up any essential oil, they all will support the body in one way or another to help rebalance the immune system. But my favorite, I'm still going to go back to just good old-fashioned lemon is my favorite first for a newbie. Lemon is it. And um, oregano, the flamethrower, is is going to go after all kinds of fungal infections. Uh, in, in case anybody's interested, uh, in Europe, in the uh, in the hospitals, in the uh, soap that they use, the hand soap. Okay, they put a couple of drops of uh, oil of oregano in there and mix it in. Okay, and it kills MRSA. Yes. Okay, so uh, it, <laughs> a couple of drops in like a big thing of um, you know hand lotion uh, is uh, certainly not wasteful and uh, you, it shows to show you that you don't need all that much of it. You know, I think a lot of our problems are caused by antibacterials, uh, things that kill uh, kill all kinds of bacteria that we've been using. Everything's antibacterial and, oh my gosh, you know, we have to be careful about germs and we've gotten ourselves to the point where our immune systems don't want to work and we don't recognize stuff. But uh, there are certain things we can use that in the spirit of essential oils and, and, and uh uh, resonance and uh, synergism, uh, but and if you added to a regular old uh, soap, you know, a liquid soap, uh, not an antibacterial one, a couple of drops of oregano oil, uh, there's a big golden nugget for you. Yes, yes, and um, you know these these I call them like the herbaceous oils that are um, like could be flamethrowers. Thyme oil is right there with oregano. It's something. It's not as uh, potent as far as the, the phenol level is. 
phenol is what can make oregano really, really hot on the skin. Mm-hmm. And for me, at one point, I was just laden with candida, like really bad. I couldn't do oregano. It was really horrific. <laughs> I mean, I even could get close to it, and it was like, Wah! So I would use thyme. Thyme oil was um, very high in phenols, but not as big of a flamethrower as oregano. But anybody using oregano, if you're going to decide to do it with any oil, if you're new to oil, start with one drop. What, no matter how you use it, one drop. And if you're going to do the oil of oregano internally and you have a true medicinal oil that's you know genuine and authentic, I would highly encourage people to dilute it with some olive oil or something like that in, in the capsule and, and not uh, take it internally like in a cup of water or something like that. Your, your, your lips will burn and it's horrible. So that type of oil, don't ever do it without putting it in the capsule with a, a little olive oil and definitely with food. Don't take it on empty stomach. Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're any, if you're any, if you're like me, you've tried everything on yourself first. <laughs> yeah, that's how I know. Oh man, oh, I took a blend of oil nope. once that was really hot, and I wound up with a tummy ache, and it was fine because I just ate some food and it was gone. But I did it on empty stomach, and that was my lesson. Well, let me remind everybody. Um, I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. Really. 646-595-2277. Okay, you should take this opportunity, in my opinion, my, my humble opinion, uh, to ask a real expert how to utilize the essential oils. Uh, people who are exposed to major stresses, um, uh, constant exposure to household and uh, personal care toxins and uh, one of the things that we always try and do is decrease the burden, okay? Um, we talk about, you know, the toxic burden. You know, we talk about electromagnetic fields. We talk about a lot of different burdens. Uh, how would you go about switching somebody over? Uh, they're using bad oils. They're using different things. They're Whatever they're doing, it's not working, we all know that people achieve a certain level of homeostasis. You don't want to disrupt that to a great degree on the first shot. So how would you go about um, having people switch over to more effective and natural products to lift off the various toxic burdens? You know, and I'm glad you asked me that. That's the environmental science part of me gets really excited because, you know, we That's think why that... I asked you. <laughs> I know. I'm such a dork. Um, You know, we don't realize, and we is a collective we, we don't realize that putting on that lotion on our skin once a day or washing the dishes multiple times a day or cleaning the floor, you know, our society is under the assumption if we spray chemicals and wipe, you know, chemicals all over everything and put a film on everything, that things are clean. And it's not true. And what's really happening is every day we're getting micro exposures to toxins and your skin is the largest organ in your body and it's extremely uh very it's very um willing to accept chemicals even though we don't want it to and, and the chemicals are um i guess you'd say they're lipophilic and that's a big word for saying fat soluble and the chemicals go through our skin and they're absorbed in our body and they get absorbed through breathing them and it doesn't matter whether it's your shampoo your favorite perfume or it could be the deodorizer that you've got sticking in your outlet 
to make your house smell better, which totally baffles my mind. But when we, when that burden is just, we are talking about the immune system, the first line of defense, you know, with that is the liver is trying so hard to get that out of your body. You know, stuff is circulating in your blood and your liver is trying to get that stuff out when it's got all this other stuff going on maybe with your health. And so the liver just gets so taxed and so do the kidneys taxed with these chemicals. And the problem is the chemicals also get stuck in, in like I said, they're fat-soluble, so they get stuck in our fat. And a lot of people wonder why they can't lose weight because your body's trying to protect you by carrying weight because you've got chemicals dissolved in that fat. And their body's like, no, no, I can't lose weight because then these chemicals are going to be liberated and then you're going to get sick. So the body will start to slowly release these toxins in, in a way that is um, not going to, I guess you say, kick your butt um, if you start to remove them out of your life. And I, there's a documentary, and I don't remember what it is, Dr. Jess, it, they showed a family that got rid of their chemicals over the course of a month or two and they they went in this house and they measured the volatile chemicals in the air and it was off the charts and they went through and they removed all the chemicals out from under the sink, you know, they, all the personal care chemicals and the levels came way down in acceptable ranges that were safe and the whole family's immune system came back. The woman at the beginning and the end of this movie, she looked completely different. Like her skin was not gray anymore. She had no more bags under her eyes. She said she didn't cough anymore. She looked bright. And it was just, that's all they did was remove these chemicals. And so how you do that, you can get, if you're the type of person that is a do-it-yourselfer, you can make your own stuff. You know, like I said, lemon oil with some vinegar and some water, and you can put that in a spray bottle and use that, you know, as as your cleaner um, borax with lemon oil in it. Or even if you're feeling brave, you can use some oregano. <laughs> but you can it's, it's, obvi- it's obvious that there's lots of there's lots of uh different combinations especially with someone uh who's had experience like you that you know could uh you know tell somebody how to uh you know detoxify their house and stop exposing them to um toxic chemicals uh, most of our most of our people aren't as old as I am and don't and you know in the 40s and 50s um, and in the early 60s, these uh, the cleaning chemicals were very, very benign. Uh, the chemicals we're using now used to be, okay, and when they say industrial strength, they're not joking, okay? The stuff we're using now is quite dangerous, you know, and we, we think we're helping ourselves, but uh, we're not. We're being allowed to use uh, stuff that, uh, you know, a mere 30 or 40 years ago, uh, was considered uh, too toxic to be utilized by the general public. Yet, okay, uh, it's being utilized, it's being given to us on a regular basis, and we spray it and, oh my gosh, like you said, it gets into our lungs, and there you go, okay? You start getting toxic. And um, being lipophilic, or uh, it gets into the fat tissue, and that's where it stores, and you're absolutely correct. That's where, that's why when you start a diet, uh, if you're not careful and you start losing a lot of fat, uh, you start detoxifying or getting toxic really fast because you're releasing a ton of toxins. Oh, it's just really, you know, we don't think of this because every other commercial on the TV is for a cleaner or a household 
you know, wick thing you put in the outlet to make your house smell better, which is all chemicals. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you, anybody could go to the Internet and put in, um, you know, homemade cleaner, homemade laundry detergent, homemade scrubs, homemade – there's a million recipes out there. They're so simple. And, and that's what I, I recommend people, A, there's two things. One is your general cleaner. Get that replaced as soon as possible. And the second thing is your toothpaste. Toothpaste is so toxic between the sodium oil sulfate and the fluoride and the dyes that they put in there, all that jazz is going right in your mouth and right into your brain. And I tell people, if you've got your budget, set it aside to get, you know, start making your own cleaner or buy a green cleaner and get that toothpaste out of your mouth. You know, either home make your toothpaste or buy something that does not have the chemicals in it. And if anybody questions that, Read the toothpaste cover. It says yes. <laughs> it warns yes. you with children not to use more than a little pearl size and be careful that they don't swallow it. I wonder why that would be true. Most people don't know that if their child ate a quarter of that tube of toothpaste, the child would be dead. It's true. They don't know it's that. It's true. They, I mean, that's why it says call poison <clears throat> control we're, immediately we're if you... You get me started. <laughs> More worried about white teeth, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You More can brush with activated charcoal. <laughs> you'll, you'll have black teeth for a little while, and then you know, once you rinse it out, it'll be okay. <laughs> well, and I've used that, and I've used peroxide. Peroxide is fantastic as well to help bring that back the color whiteness to your teeth. Peroxide, I mean, this basic stuff. Yeah, it is basic stuff. It is basic stuff, and but everybody, you know, doesn't realize that you can still get the antibacterial effect uh, and the and keep the dangerous organisms at bay, okay, and still have an effective cleaner that smells good without the dangerous chemicals. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's and that's the bottom line from what I understand you're saying. Yes. Everybody still. Six four six five nine five two two seven seven. Okay, we're kind of getting to the end of our interview here, and I, I know you want to ask questions. Okay, so please do. Um, give us some, if you would. Uh, there's a lot of people who have uh, health challenges, and uh, there's a lot of depression, a lot of excitation out there. You know that I don't like to use the words depression, anxiety, and that kind of stuff because of the stigma attached to it. So. I tend to talk about excitation. I tend to talk about, you know, lack of inhibition and so forth because it expresses in so many different ways. But give us, uh, if you could, give us some clinical pearls, some gold nuggets of, you know, someone who is, um, you know, wants to lift their spirits. You know, what's a nice safe way or how, how would you use essential oils? How would you test yourself with them? Uh, I'm sure there's there's numerous ways, but what, in your experience, what are some of the more common good methods of doing this? You know, I, I uh, let me open up my little chart that I have right here. The oils that I mentioned earlier that are higher frequency, which is ironically the oils that come from flowers, are ones that really help lift the spirit. And it's not an accident that when somebody is celebrating something, getting married, or somebody is not feeling well, we send flowers. Because flowers in there, it literally is, you know, an uplifting just by, you know, that 
part of the the plant is is higher vibration than the, than like say the trunk is the roots. So any essential oils that come from the flower. So it could be lavender, it could be rose, geranium, anything of that nature. So flowers are always going to help lift people up. And another in, in the other aspect, the oils that come from the resin of a tree, like frankincense or myrrh. Those oils are also very uplifting to the spirit. They're very synergistic with supporting the brain. And um, the oils that come from the roots are very calming and grounding. So when you talk about excitation, oils like vetiver and valerian, and even though it's not from a root, but it is very thick and resinous and earthy like sandalwood you know these oils are very grounding uh to help with overexcitation. so just think of the the anatomy of a plant and the higher the plant the higher part of the plant where the oil came from usually will work with the emotions especially when people are in the dumps and the oils that are coming from the lower part of the plant usually are very grounding and help with excitation and then you got the fruit. That is very cool. I've never heard that explanation before. That makes number one perfect sense and it's easy to remember. Thank you. That is You're great. Welcome. I'm serious. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. That's really good. <laughs> yes. And and that's the truth. And you know, and, and you know, people you know you, you know, we all have different preferences for aromas, you know, and and even the citrus oil, anything that came from the fruit is also, again, it's from the upper part of the plant, the fruits and the flowers, and the flowers came from, and the fruits came from the flower. So all of those are going to be uplifting as well. So there you go. That is that is like amazing, you know, because I'm I'm not the kind of person that remembers things in lists. I mean. Um, I, I guess when I was younger, I had a bit of a learning disability, so I remember things in process. It served me at this time of my life, but even when I go to file something, I have to sing the song A B C D E F G. You know, <laughs> but uh, to remember something, I usually remember things in, you know, uh, in, in parables like that, or, or you know, especially when it's when it's that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah, that's how yeah, I came up with all the stuff for the jeans and the highway yeah. examples and so forth and make it make it easier for everybody because I had to make it easy for myself to understand. You know, your brain that is stuff. wonderful. You know, that is wonderful. That's well, really you know, you good. Think, you think about this. You just think about the plant, and if you're thinking about the body and think about the brain, is at the top. So there's your flowers and your fruits, and you know, helping lift up the brain and the. The oils that come from the uh, branches in the trunk of that plant or tree support the musculoskeletal system and the organs. So like the woods, you know, oregano is the stemmy part and mm-hmm. the root part. So pine and balsam fir and, you know, things of that nature work with the structure, very good for muscles and bones, you know. So just... If you can't remember, like you said, we don't always have our book on us. Just think about where did that plant come from on the plant, you know, or where did that oil come from on the plant, and then just bring it right over to the body, and it is always right on the nose. Wonderful. Nature Wonderful. has way. <laughs> that is, and you know something, it, and, and it fits, it, it, it's come full circle, because that is, you know, uh, that's in nature, you know, the grounding, the, uh, you know, uh, 
You we, we just before you said the thing about the flowers, I was like, that's why we send flowers. And what do we do? We put our face in them and we smell them. You walk by yes. roses, okay? You put your nose in there, you start smelling the roses, and all of a sudden, you know, you start feeling better and you start smiling. It's it's the color. It's not only the color; it's mostly the smell. It is all the smell. You know, that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. You know, Yay. Uh, people. Uh, last chance: six four six five nine five two two seven seven. It's time to call in if you have questions, or at least type them into the uh, chat room here. Okay, so I'm getting the impression that the simplest thing to use, some of the best, would be lemon. Yes. Okay, that's going to be the kind of ubiquitous that it's that's helpful. Uh, oregano is uh, something if you really want to um, go after uh, some fungi and want to add it to something, but it is gonna it's gonna be a little burning, especially with time. Uh, Sister says, as you were talking, I looked it up. Uh, a young living is lying because they said that huh, it smelled good. It was like a rose thing. Uh, so no. are you telling me it smells terrible? Okay. I'll take your word on it because uh, you know more than we do. And um, you've told us a lot about how to switch things over uh, from our toxic chemicals and that you can go on the Internet and just basically <clears throat> type in, you know, create your own cleaning chemicals and create your own toothpaste and uh, the importance of it. Okay. There are, there are some essential oil uh, connections to that, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, honestly, you know, I, I never even thought about it. And um, I do know that a lot of uh, my patients with multiple chemical sensitivities, uh, especially those, uh, you know, would benefit from, um, would benefit from this, uh, this knowledge. Um, so I'm still waiting for people to call. I guess uh, they're going to be listening to the archive. So, yeah, it's obvious you're you're the quintessential expert in this. How does somebody? First off, I hate to ask you this because I know that there'll be people outside with pitchforks and you know and uh, you know the typical pitchforks and knives and torches and so forth. But Which essential oils are better than not? I, I I was just on Amazon as you were talking. I popped in a couple of essential oils, and there's loads of different essential oils out there. Uh, give us an idea of what is the better ones that you and the ones that you would recommend because it is important the type of essential oil you get. Yes, it is. Well, I can tell you from experience and research that most of the oils that are found in health food stores are not safe to do internally and to be using in, you know, a, a therapeutic way. You know, people will make candles out of them. Some people use them therapeutically, and they're actually not the highest choice. Um, I just know that, unless they're carrying some other, you know, types of brands. Now, the oils that I've been using exclusively for the last 15 years, I've been using the Young Living oils, and I have found them to always be tried and true because I was introduced to them by my veterinarians, and I figured, well, if, they, if it was good enough for them, I know it's good enough for me. And, and since then, I found that, of course, you know, through research and you know, looking at things and blah blah blah, that it truly is the best that I could have gotten. But the, um, you know, there's there are a lot of oil companies on the market now, and more popping up every day. And I don't really know on these new companies. There are companies that 
are out there that are newer. I've seen some research that has shown that their claims of purity are not there and are not founded based off of what I had seen from the research. And I don't want to mention names, but it's a it's a very popular company, and I don't want to get hate mail for that. But I've seen research. Well, that, that's a, go ahead. You're saying that Young Living does have the research, yes? Yes. And yeah. I I want to, like I said, I always want to know that the oil is safe and that it's going to work. And that's my, my biggest my biggest thing, and I, so I've always stayed with one particular particular company over the course of time. I've been introduced to so many different ones. There are some very small uh, mom and pop, uh, I guess you'd say, companies that have some pure oils, but they're very small, and I've met them over the course of the years. Go ahead. So you're saying that the young living you can you can be trustful of. There there is a question here uh, that I think is a great question. It says what does the desk reference say about using essential oils while undergoing radiation treatments? I don't know if I can look that up right in this amount of time. I know that there are oils. If you, I think I found research on PubMed putting in essential oil and then putting in um, radiation. And I found that melaleuca oil, it was alternifolia, and I don't know if it was quinquinavaria or if it was ericafolia. Melaleuca oils are beneficial for the repair of tissues that have been exposed to radiation. I would also look at oils that are very high antioxidant, which clove oil is the highest antioxidant oil there is. It's like 10.8 million on the scale for ORAC. So I would use something like that would be really high antioxidant as well. The, indiv- the, individual, the individual asking the question is asked that I mention her name. Uh, since I have permission, her name is Tracy Gerber. Um, mm-hmm. So apparently you know each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so that's who's asking the question. Uh, okay. Another question here is, would even a fraction of a drop of high-quality therapeutic oil make someone feel very ill? It depends on what's going on with them. You know, somebody who is, is this person saying that that is what happens? Well, no, there's another person asking a, a general question. And the question is, why would even a fraction of a drop of high-quality therapeutic oil make someone feel very ill? I can think of a couple of answers right off the bat, but go ahead. Yes, and I'm sure you're right there with me. You know, when the system is so overburdened, it could be too much of a release of toxins. And secondly, sometimes the body goes into protection mode and goes into a hypersensitivity mode, and that can happen as well. So in that case, and I've worked with people like that, what we have done is, remember, we talked about how the oils can be used therapeutically, or synergistically, vibrationally. I've had my clients just have the oil unopened and carry it around in their pocket so that the vibration of the oil is with them at all times, harmonizing their body. And then when that person was able to, they could start even smelling the bottle with the cap closed, you know, just getting that couple molecules of the oil just through the cap being closed. And... That 
is how we've worked with people in that situation. And, you know, you don't always have to open the oil and take 20 drops internally or anything like that. It's You can just work subtly and carry it around with, you know, just in the pocket and then smell it through the cap and then eventually open the cap and then, you know, go from there. You just go with baby steps. And because the body is either in hyperactive mode or the body is super toxic or, you know, the, the nervous system is just so woo, you know, it's, it's having a party that uh, you don't want to have. But you got to honor that and you just go slow. And, and no, I agree with you. And sometimes, like anything else, it may not be the time for the essential oil. You may and need to do other true. things first. Yes. You know, because if Absolutely. a little bit is causing all kinds of detox or herxing, then maybe we have to approach things from a different point of view for a little while to allow, you know, the pathways, whatever pathways open up. And then the essential oil being, you know, uh, being vibrational and might sometimes you just have to <clears throat> kind of say, well, maybe it's not a time. <laughs> so, well, well that is so true. Our and then, of course, there are, there are people. I haven't heard of anybody being actually allergic to an essential oil, you know, like a, a, an actual type four hypersensitivity or an IgE type allergy. I'm sure it can happen, but I've never heard of anybody being actually allergic to a, an essential oil. Um, so somebody's typing out yet another question. So I'll wait for them to finish typing. While while they're typing here, how do how can how can blah, 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 one more time? How can someone get essential oils or get in touch with you? Probably the easiest way because I've got a, a contact form on my website. People can just go there, uh, which is is very simple. It's just jenspringer.com, dot com. J e n s p r i n g e r. dot com. Jenspringer. dot com. And there's a contact form right when you land on the site. You can just send me an email. And then I can uh, answer your questions or, you know, talk about oils or whatever it is. So it's just jenspringer.com, one end. One <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So speaking of that, how do you explain to someone who is sensitive to fragrances, I'm sorry, to fragrances, that essential oils will not affect them? Well, it goes back to the previous question you asked. If somebody is in hypersensitivity mode, that's one thing. But if people are uh, sensitive to chemical fragrances, we have found that almost all the time that they're not sensitive to the oils because these are not chemical oils. And my father, who is one of the most chemically sensitive perfume guys on the planet, he uses oils. He's never complained of me, you know, smelling too much or anything like that. So if people are sensitive to chemicals, then they will not have an issue with this. If it's hyperactive immune system, that could be a little different. But in general, we find that's not a problem at all. It's actually the body welcomes the oils because they're natural. And, again, uh, to to reiterate, we're talking about the chemicals they're usually responding to, okay, the volatile chemicals, not the uh, essential oil itself that's coming from the plant. And there is someone here on the phone. Hold on. Nice person in the 501 area code. Are you there? Hey, this Hello. is Sabrina. Hello. This is Tiffany Rowan. Hi, Tiffany. Um, 
In the very beginning, we went straight into oxalates. Can we um, spend a little bit more time um, talking about those, the sources, and the good and bad? I'm sorry. Could you repeat your question, please? About oxalates, the good and the bad. Are you talking about in food, Tiffany, the, the high oxalate foods? Yeah, it just seems like we went right into them instead of explaining uh, the basics of what they are. Uh, the reason for that is we're doing a show on essential oils, not a, a show on oxalates. Uh, but uh, in answer to your question, okay, um, <clears throat> for everybody out there, there are uh, something called oxalates were a very simple um, substance that come from plants that when you have a lot of inflammation and uh, usually uh, what precipitates that would be parasites, Lyme disease, uh, candida, and so forth. Uh, these oxalates uh, can start binding with various minerals and start causing uh, different kinds of crystals to be formed. We generally understand them in the formation of kidney stones, <clears throat> but we're finding out, when I say we, I'm talking about the research, is finding out that it's creating all kinds of other crystals uh, that can be the reason for things like fibromyalgia, uh, vulvodynia, uh, interstitial cystitis, uh, prostatitis, um, chronic fatigue syndrome, and so forth. Also, the fact that the oxalates can bind with things like magnesium, zinc, B6, and so forth. It, it robs the biochemical pathways of those uh, particular substances, uh, rendering it difficult for the body to run its biochemistry. So in those people who are not responding to the normal types of treatment, this has been considered a, a missing link. Also, there's a, um, a lot of research right now that's coming out uh, in the link between oxalates and autism, but it's the same basic principle. Be, uh, if you get the biochemical pathways working again, <clears throat> you can, in fact, uh, get an autistic child to start reversing. This is one of those things that, you know, as inflammation builds up, this can prevent you from healing. And um, the way that it's treated is by lowering the oxalate intake, and that has to be done slowly, and by utilizing mineral citrate compounds to help bind the oxalates and, and while they're in the gut, okay, and release the minerals that uh, are necessary. Also, B6 is one of the major uh, substances that are being bound by the oxalates, uh, of course, looking at leaky gut syndrome and so forth. But uh, the um, we can do an entire show on oxalates, which is something I'm thinking about doing in about two or three weeks <clears throat> because it's such an important subject. Yeah, and what's – are you there, Jess? Yes, I'm right here. Yes, ma'am. Oh, oh, you got really quiet. The one thing that why we brought it up, Tiffany, is because some of the highest – levels of oxalates, you know, some of the foods that are high oxalate that people want to reduce in their diet, you know, like spinach is really high oxalate. That's probably one of the number one things. But um, herbs, cooking herbs, are really high oxalates. Like cinnamon herb is really high and turmeric is really high. I'm talking about thousands of milligrams of oxalates per, like, teaspoon. So one of the things with using the oils is that you can get all that medicinal punch or flavor through your cooking by and not getting the oxalate exposure through 
using their, you know what I mean? It's, it's an option for people that are going low oxalate diet to use the oils in their cooking and use the oils medicinally so that they can get that therapeutic action and flavor without all those um, milligrams of oxalate. Ah, thank you. With the two combined the answers, now I get the whole picture. Thank you. It's You're complicated. It was, it, was, it was news to me, by the way. I mean, I, that, I, I just found out that they didn't contain oxalates. And I'm telling you something, that's, that's great. It's wonderful because, you know, uh, this oxalate issue is becoming more and more prominent. And as we're treating it, more and more people are getting better rapidly because, you know, we're treating the oxalate issue. But it is a, it's a difficult thing to treat because of the, re- the dietary restrictions. Knowing that the essential oils, number one, will help on a therapeutic level and also you'll be able to use them in cooking is a beautiful thing. Oh, because I, 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 I've been low oxalate for a while and really got low oxalate a few months ago. You know, I, I my food was so bland, I was, like, distraught. But I'm like, duh, I have a whole case of essential oils here. Why am I not cooking with them, <laughs> you know? I'm like, I don't think of them that way. I think of them as their pure medicinal value. So instead of, you know, using cinnamon, you know, I'll use the cinnamon oil or acateo oil, you know, because cinnamon is extremely high oxalate, and it's a, it's crazy how high cinnamon is. But, you know, turmeric is really high, and I wish we had a turmeric oil, but you can also use just the curcumin, you know, the, the actual extract of curcumin in place of, of you know, uh, turmeric, which is, I love turmeric as well. And when I had the really high... Um, candida infection in my body I had really high oxalates at the time and I was doing golden milk every day tons and tons of turmeric having all these issues and I was my urine was cloudy and I was having all these things going on I couldn't figure out why well I was loaded with oxalates and then I was taking in all this high oxalate so yeah so I'm I'm still working on that, allowing the oxalates to leave, and I've cut back significantly on my oxalate intake. And, Tiffany, if you're interested in knowing what those are, you can search high or oxalate food lists on the Internet. You can find some really, really good ones. Um, and then there's different you know, lists and variations, but it's something to consider when there's so much inflammation. And I would never have known if I hadn't known Dr. Jess and Sean especially Sean was riding my butt about the oxalate. And so that's that, you know, and it was, it's a big deal. If so. anybody wants to learn how to uh, bring their oxalates down uh, slowly and safely, there's a great Facebook group called Trying Low, Trying Low Oxalates. Okay, and it's a closed group, but you can ask to join it. And the admins of that group are the contemporaries of Susan Owens, who's the... Um, one who's done the primary research in oxalates. These people know what they're doing, and they know how to help. And, um, you know, they have a big spreadsheet that they'll give you, you know, and they'll tell you how to bring down oxalates slowly, okay, because as you, you have to bind them in the gut, and then you have to bring them down slowly. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you get the opposite problems in oxalate dumping, which can cause just as much, just as many issues. Uh, But, um, I think uh, the indicator here is that we should do a show on oxalates uh, yes. that um, will allow people to understand the uh, the concept better. Uh, and I, I thank you, Tracy, for bringing it up because uh, it is very important. 
Dr. Jess, I realize this is a call about essential oils, and you have about 10 minutes left. Is it okay if Jen talks about essential oils on the methylation? Go for it. Uh, oils and methylation. You know what, Tiffany? I don't know that much about it um, because I know all I need. All I know is there are certain pathways that need to be open, and methylation is is very complex. And I know, Doctor Jess, you know. You know that because that's what you and Sean really work on. And so many people nowadays are like, take some methylfolate and some methyl B12 and you're going to be methylating and everything's good. But there's a lot more that goes into methylation and proper functioning of all these pathways besides, you know, methylfolate and methyl 12. But the oils, one of the concerns I have about oils detoxifying somebody too fast and you and I have talked about this a little bit, is that making sure those pathways are open because there's a sulfation pathway as well. Um, what other pathways are there, Jess? There's sulfation, there's methylation. Um, there is there is, this- a, there is a folate pathway and there is a methylation pathway, methionine pathway, cobalamin pathway, transsulfuration pathway, electron transport chain, and that's not even getting into the biopterin pathway and... Those are just the basic guys. Yes, and if those we're not we won't talk about acetylation, glucuronidation, and anybody else. <laughs> right, and all those other friends, and so you know, doing some groundwork, and you know, somebody's going to do a hard detox with the oils, and that's why I'm always an advocate of one or two drops and see how you do, because if you're detoxing, if you take a couple drops of lemon and you're getting some Herx responses, headaches, nausea, you know, whatever the Herx thing could be, then those pathways are blocked to some degree. Something's going on. And so it's complex, and I don't know a whole lot about that. That's why I refer people to Jess and Sean, but I, that's what I know. You know, and I know I'm, I'm, glad, I'm actually glad we're on this subject because it gives me an opportunity to put things back into perspective. <clears throat> people that, you know, when we talk about methylation, um, we used to be talking about MTHFR, and now we're talking about methylation, and we'll be talking about nutrigenomics and whatever. But really, what are we talking about? Okay, we're talking about uh, the body's ability to run its biochemical pathways, and a certain amount of polymorphisms may make it difficult to run those biochemical pathways because you're not talking about genes, you're talking about enzymes. Okay, and the reason it would make it difficult is because you have so much junk in the pathways. You have so much traffic in the pathways. So um, to concentrate, and and this is where I think the glitch happens, to concentrate on just methylation is the wrong way to go about it. But when somebody says or talks about the methylation pathway or, or methylation considerations, what we're really saying is, looking at the biochemistry of the body and getting it to work again, which the proper name of that would be nutrigenomics, which is the optimization of the biochemical pathways using nutraceuticals instead of pharmaceuticals. The consideration of the genes kind of tells you what might not work well given a certain amount of oxidative stress. Okay, The foundational work that we were talking about at the very beginning about getting the body to uh, to um, synergize uh, with the oils is part of the process of helping 
the body detoxify the body to take care of itself, the body to heal. You don't have to actually treat with methylating products. If you get a body to work, if you get a biochemical pathway to work, it will repair itself, okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it needs a little bit of a boost, okay? But most often than not, the reason that we settled on doing foundational work was we noted, especially with the at first with the fluoroquinolone toxicity people, that a certain number of them healed on their own. Well, that was considered impossible, okay, because they had mitochondrial DNA damage. We found that to be uh, incorrect, okay? If you took away enough oxidative stress and didn't re-injure the body, it would, over time, help itself or it would rebuild itself and those pathways would rebuild and function again. Uh, the essential oils, I think, to be one of the better things to utilize in getting the biochemical pathways to work via getting the body to work, which is why we constantly put out the entreaty, treat the body, not the SNPs, the single nucleotide polymorphisms or the you know, the genes. Okay? So, uh, so when we use the word methylation, we're really talking about the, the considerations that the genetic pathways have when you look at them and say, okay, these areas might not be working, but the basic way of fixing them, okay, is to fix the body, and the essential oils uh, is one of the major factors that can help that. And uh, one of the th- reasons that I started this podcast about a year and a half, two years ago, and it started out as, you know, curing chronic illnesses, okay, because people with chronic illness or hidden illnesses, and those things like dysautonomias, POTS, lymphostatic intolerance, we can go through the big long list, okay, we're told that you're going to have to it's completely separate, and it was wrong. It's all part of a big long process, and the epigenetics, okay, is part of the consideration. It's a great database, okay, but you don't treat the genes, you treat the body. Okay, that's also a reason why if you use a little bit of essential oil at the wrong time, you might get a horrible result. Okay, but it's not a bad thing about the oil. You have to look at everything. Okay, so, and I know you guys all understand that because I've been preaching that so long and so hard. Okay, but there are charlatans out there, and I'm not ashamed to say it, that keep waving the methylation flag and you walk into their offices and they're looking at the genes saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and you walk out with a shopping bag full of product. Okay, that's ludicrous. Okay, you have to treat the body, not the genes, but you have to consider the genes. I'm not saying don't consider them. You put it together as part of the great data and then you understand all the factors that can heal a body. Okay, essential oils being a big one. Okay, now you have tools in which to heal the body. Okay, and that's why it's hard to do this on your own. You need somebody who's really, you know, eclectic, somebody like Jen to work with. Very, very very exciting. I appreciate letting me go off course here. No, I appreciate appreciate your call. You wouldn't believe. You know, this is also, this is also, I appreciate your call about the oxalis because that's something that uh, people really do need to know about. Okay. And I'm glad that we were able to expound on it a little further because I was just pumped up that I could use them in cooking because I was going low oxygen with my diet. But I was like, oh, "Me too? Are you kidding? I'm going to go. I'm going to go right home and cook." <laughs> <laughs> and I yes. mean that, you know, because I'm sitting here going, you know, all right, this guy's dropped, and I'm, I'm looking like, "Wow, 
And it makes so much sense. I mean, everything that Jen has said has made so much sense. It gives you, you want to slap yourself in the head and say, ah, good ahead of V8, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we got about three minutes left of this show. Any, is there any parting words of wisdom, Tracy, uh, Jen, anybody? Mm, I'm good. I think we just slammed it here for yes, awesome, we have. awesome, awesome, awesome. And I thank everybody for their questions because they, they were really good ones. And I love hearing questions because it means people are thinking. That's right. That's right. You're not afraid of questions, for, you know, and also not afraid. I don't know. Yeah, I'm never afraid to say I don't know something. Okay. But what we've been trying to do over time is bringing everybody together so that you have the benefit of various. See, what did I say? Okay. <laughs> so that you yes. have the benefit of various people's expertises. Anyway, Jen, thanks so much for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate all the contributions you've made to healing, and that you continue to that you continue to make. I really appreciate uh, you sharing with us tonight. Yes, well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to work with you and Sean, and I feel honored to know you guys and to work with you and keep up the good work yourself. Thank you, everybody. JenSpringer.com. She has a contact um, page if you need to ask questions. Okay, uh, you couldn't get with anybody better, so. Uh, if you have had questions that weren't answered tonight, if you're listening to the archive and you have essential oil questions or any uh, general health questions, uh, Jen is a, a great resource. Again, Jen Springer, J-E-N-S-P-R-I-N-G-E-R.com. And I would like to say goodnight to everyone and thank you for your attention. And um, I will see you next week, everybody. So, good night, good night. everybody. been a long road getting from there to here it's been a long time but my time is fine you know what I mean I can feel the change in right now this is acting kind of funny again but anyway uh, at the end of the show I always like to give a little inspirational talk and uh Remember that you know the purpose of our show is so that you have information and you're empowered with information. Okay, I don't like the fact that you have to live with that thought that what you have is permanent. It isn't. Okay, we haven't found too many people who have permanent injuries or permanent condition. The more we dig into it, the more we understand. The more tools in our toolbox. chronic illnesses with and what we really need what we really already have are you people who are the strongest people I've ever met okay, to be able to survive and to live just don't ever give up don't ever give up see you guys next week <laughs>